Welcome to Brunch with BBB, a podcast about real-life marketplace issues and trends that matter to both business owners and consumers in and around the Triangle in Eastern North Carolina. Each episode, you're going to hear incredible conversations on some of the most challenging and important marketplace topics with perspectives from a variety of featured guests. So grab your coffee and get ready for an exciting conversation with your hosts, Luis Felice and Nick Hill of Better Business Bureau serving Eastern North Carolina. All right. So hello, everyone, and welcome back to another fresh episode of the Brunch with BBB podcast. As you know, my name is Luis Felice, and tagging along with me is my Robin, Nick Hill. <laughs> what if I wanted to be Batman, huh? Well, you can be Batman. All right. I'll got, be your Robin. Got to get my eyeshadow ready. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this month is International Women's Month, and some of you may be wondering, Nick and Luis, two handsome guys. Talking about International Women's Month, what is that? I mean, it's a totally fair thing to wonder because our podcast, you and me, it's an all-male production. So people may be wondering, like, what place do we have to talk about this? But, I mean, we just really value diversity and inclusion. And, I mean, our job here is to talk about the important marketplace topics. And I can't really think of too many more important topics than diversity and inclusion. But obviously, on topics like these, we're not the experts here. Right. And that's why we brought on our special guest today. Yeah. So she is the director of NC State's Women in Engineering program and is the winner of various awards and recognitions, including the Presidential Award for Excellence in Mathematics, Science, and Engineering Mentoring. So ladies and gentlemen, please give a very warm welcome to Dr. Laura J. Bottomley. Hi, nice to nice to be with you all this afternoon. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you, Dr. Laura. Thank you once again for hopping on. But before we get started, um, I'm really excited just to share some new things with you guys um, about, you know, some quick facts and, t- and statistics about women in the STEM field. That's what we're going to talk about. And I think it's super cool for our listeners to know what's going on, why this field is growing, and women are joining Um, And this field is normally known for men. But here we go. So according to the U.S. Census, women made up of 8% of STEM workers are made up of 8% by STEM workers. By 2019, that number rose to 27% of STEM workers. In the United States, only around 21% of engineering majors are women. And the annual salaries for men in the STEM field is nearly 15,000 higher per year than women and Latinas and black women in the STEM earn around $33,000 less. That's, I I love that. I love that information bringing up to to our listeners, right? Yeah, it's good information to provide. And I mean, just first start in fixing these things is recognizing that there's even a gap here in the first place. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. $33,000 is something that is tremendous. And it's a lot to unpack. And I really want to hear about what NC State's doing and what mm-hmm. your program is doing, Dr. Bottomley, to really combat these kinds of inequalities. Right. But before we get to that, our show is called Brunch with BBB. So the first question that we ask any guest is, what is your favorite brunch spot or dish? Yeah. You could be both. Yeah, so if, if we were going to brunch, which I really wish we were, I, mean, I would take you to Kebab and Curry on Hillsborough Street. Okay. 
that's my favorite place to eat. And then my second favorite place to eat is right next door. It's Jasmine's. Oh, um, I love Jasmine. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't tell you how many times uh, when I was a student at NC State, I went on Hillsborough and ate at Jasmine. I was probably like their number one customer. <laughs> I'm sure they knew my order and my, my name. But uh, I haven't tried what, kebab and curry. Is that it? Kebab and curry. Oh, it's it's Indian Pakistani food. And when before COVID, it was a buffet, which was really great. But it's still super good food. Oh. A lot of spicy food. You can have it spicy. I get it non-spicy because I'm a wimp. But otherwise, yeah. <laughs> That's what Luis would do. <laughs> I definitely have to try it out. But um, before we get into the nitty gritty, we already asked the most important question, right? Your favorite brunch spot and this. But tell us a little bit about yourself and what do you do, uh, Dr. Laura? Yeah, so it, it's funny because it's a complicated question. Um, <laughs> I'm an electrical engineer. Oh. And so everything I do, the way I look at the world is, is probably flavored by that. Mm. But, but um, I'm also, you figured it out. I'm, I'm also a woman in engineering. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mom. I'm a grandma. Oh. Um, I, I played, I used to play soccer before my knees got too old to play soccer. Um, most of the rest of the world calls it football, of course, but um, yeah. So it, it's complicated. I love um, electrical engineering and I love rocks and I love um, birds and I love to travel. There we go. So that's, that's who I am. That's I a pretty it. good intro there. We should introduce her to our uh, our CEO, Mallory. Um, oh, yeah. She played soccer at, uh, at NC State on their women's team. And now she's oh, our seriously? CEO here at BBB. That's super cool. Wow. That's... That's a real sport. I'm sorry that there's some, some <laughs> other sports that are not real sports, but that's a real sport. I think she insulted our baseball. Oh, um, love. We're, we're big baseball fans here. So <laughs> tread lightly. Hey, my mother is, is a fan of all sports. So she'd yell, she'd yell at me if I really insulted anybody. <laughs> oh my gosh. At NC state, I, I currently have three jobs. Oh um, one, yeah, I know, right? One, the, one of them is as the director of women in engineering, which is part of our women and minority engineering programs or WMEP. So, so 25 years ago, when I started the women in engineering program at NC State, our minority engineering program was separate, right? But then maybe it's about 10 years ago, uh, Angelitha Daniel, who's the director of minority engineering programs, and I got together and said, this is stupid. We're doing so many things that um, are the same things aimed at different populations. And then um, there are things, for example, women come in all flavors of, of uh, ethnicity, right? Yeah. And so why wouldn't we work together on all the kinds of things that we do. Mm -hmm. um, and, and just like you all were talking earlier about why are two men having a show about women in engineering or women in STEM or, or whatever. Um, you know, I, I'm a white woman, but I also want African-American males to succeed in engineering. So it, it just, we all work together to get yeah. the job done awesome. or it won't get done. Exactly right. Yeah, and that sounds like the collaboration is really going to help too, especially in these areas like you were mentioning, where we have this intersectionality. And as we mentioned, I mean, Latina and Black women earn thirty-three thousand dollars less than their male counterparts. So, so big gap. 
And you know that that number is is impressive, but add that up over a lifetime of work and see mm-hmm. how much less money they make. Yeah, it's depressing. It's mm-hmm. depressing. And, and I mean, exactly. Depressing is probably the perfect word to use it. And I mean, it's really great that we have people out there with these programs, right. Like you, who are who are helping combat that. So, mm-hmm. could you go into some detail about behind the mission um, of what your program does at NC State? Sure. So um, it's the the mission is simple. It's to provide an inclusive and supportive climate for all kinds of students in the College of Engineering at NC State. We want to create a diverse and inclusive College of Engineering. And and that is that's very simple to say. It's not as easy to do. Yeah. sometimes but you will be and can i just brag just a minute yeah because i i happen to love nc state and i love our college of engineering uh, even more we're doing it so you know the numbers that you gave at at the start our incoming first year class this year was 33 percent women even wow. though they add the national average is around 20 some percent women um our average, our percentage of underrepresented minorities is about 16%. The national average is below 10%. Wow. So have we got a way to go? Yes, we do. But but we're doing stuff. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It definitely is motivating to hear that. Mm-hmm. Motivating to hear that that field is, is having so much attention, especially by minorities, including women and different ethnicity. Now, what kinds of things is... Um, North Carolina State University is doing to foster and encourage women to enter the STEM field? Because I know it's a field, it's maybe not very hard to get in, but it's not as um, attractive by the name, right? It's pretty daunting too, at least from my perspective, back when I was trying to figure out what kind of things I wanted to do. And I assume for people who know that they're probably going to go into it and make significantly less than their male counterparts Mm -hmm. or their white counterparts, then it's probably even more daunting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I would agree with that. So, so that's exactly what we're tackling. So you, you may have heard the, the sort of model or the way of looking at the, at the Mm -hmm. diversification of STEM as people talk about the pipeline, Mm -hmm. right? So they talk about the STEM pipeline, well, I'll tell you one of the things that that we do is get rid of that model. It's not a pipeline. We look at it as the garden. Mm. So our students are seeds. They they grow up into all kinds of different plants because it takes a lot of different plants to make a beautiful garden, right? And now that you might be saying that just sounds really lovely, right? I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure that that. Um, that makes no difference whatsoever in the world. It does make a difference because talking about uh, growing up people in engineering and in the STEM fields leads us to realize that it's it's not the responsibility of the seed. It's the responsibility of the gardener. Mm. So the, the programs that, that have been conducted, I guess, historically, in these areas have all been aimed at changing the students to fit the STEM paradigm. Mm. And that's never going to work. Yeah. 
because the STEM paradigm is not what it needs to be. So by changing the way we look at things, we're looking at changing engineering. Let's change the College of Engineering so that more and different types of people feel welcome and included. And then they bring all of their backgrounds, all of their experiences. And we know that the more diverse backgrounds you have working on a problem, the better the solution you get for, uh, to that problem. So it, it's, it's not only just a really nice thing to do to make things inclusive. Oh, aren't you good people? No, the bottom line is if we're going to, if we're going to su succeed as a college, as a university, as a state, as a nation, as a world, we are going to have to change the way we look at things and diversify all of our different areas. So good. What you said really resonates with me because right. I remember one class I took at NC State, it was a psychology class. Our professor took us out to the core of North Carolina and gave us a brief history overview of the school and, and told us, you know, the kind of people that founded the school and their principles and how their backgrounds affect how we learn today and mm -hmm. how that may not be the best way for some people. And honestly, probably for most people now when you look at the demographics of who's going to college. So um, it, it's a really unique perspective. And I think a powerful perspective that for things to change, it needs to work from the system and then go to everybody else. Correct. So good. Correct. Now, aside from we were talking about the pay gap, what are some of the other barriers that women typically, I guess minorities by extension too, mm -hmm. um, typically face in STEM fields? So women and, and underrepresented minorities of all types, we still face barriers that are associated with things like um, overt discrimination. We still face things that, that are, are under the surface. And, and one of the terms that's used is, is microaggressions. That's, yeah. not, that's not all. Um, what we face is that there's a historical expectation of what a good STEM worker looks like. And I mean that visually, but also virtually, right? So, so what, what does somebody look like? Well, STEM is hard, supposedly. It's selective. You don't take time off because you're so dedicated to your job. You don't take vacations. You work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. People have to look and act in a certain way, and only a few people can do this. None of that's right. If anybody who wants to do it can do it. Hmm. Let me put it this way. If I'm ever, you're going to read about me in the newspaper. If I'm ever in the grocery store and I hear a mother say to their daughter again, well, some people just can't do math. I'm because I'm going to smack them. <laughs> it is yes. not true. Yes. Now, what is true is that some people can't learn math the way we teach math. Mm -hmm. But everybody that wants to do it can do it. Mm -hmm. Everybody that wants to do engineering can do it. Just not all the way that we have done it historically. Wow. So mm. these are barriers. Absolutely. 
But let's be really clear. A lot of these barriers affect men too. Yeah. Is it, is it, do you think really true that, that just because you happen to be a man and maybe a white man that, that you enjoy sitting and toiling for hours and hours and hours over a series of 50 problems? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Men maybe have been conditioned to not complain about that because you're expected to, you know, that's ridiculous. Nobody likes that. Let's, let's make things better for everybody. Let me give you an example. Um, imagine that you're going to work in an engineering job and you're told that you can't wear your natural hair on the job. And a lot of people are told that. They absolutely are told that. Or imagine you go into a job interview and you are not chosen because you have dreadlocks. You know, what does a dreadlock have to do with whether you can do engineering or not? Exactly. Absolutely nothing. Nothing, right? So we have this artificial idea about what you have to be in order to do STEM, to do engineering, and we got to get rid of it. And until we do, there are going to be barriers there because somebody that looks like this doesn't fit that mold. Therefore, barriers will be thrown up. It's that, it's that simple and that complicated. Dr. Laura, I love that humans like you exist in this world, <laughs> and especially um, in the field that you're in, because you have, you've seen the perspective and it's wide. And I love that you're making a change from the inside out. That's what I have fought my whole life to be positioned to be able to do. And I imagine I probably was a fight, I probably wasn't a, a straight path there. It, it was a fight still is a fight very true but and, that's okay and you know maybe maybe i'm gonna get off our topic a little bit but i love the fact that we're celebrating the international women's month because a lot of women don't just think of themselves they think of everyone else around them you know so i love the fact that you know we're interviewing you and you're not just thinking of yourself and what you have accomplished but you're mentioning other minority groups that can benefit from what you're doing. You even mentioned uh, males, Black, Latinos, um, mm -hmm. to take, um, you know, to, to, to take the good side out of what you're trying to do. And I love that. Well, it's super, super important. We have to stop only seeing the world through our own eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just good engineering. <laughs> mm. I like that so much. Now, you, you mentioned, you know, males. Um, how come, why do you think engineering and other STEM fields are so male dominated? I think it's because of the historical perspective of what constitutes good engineering. And, and the reason that the things that I have thought about that helped sort of make, help me understand this are things like, are you familiar with the, the, the book and the movie Hidden Figures? Yes. Yep. I, I haven't read the book, but I, I've seen the movie. I saw it when it first came out. So if, if you ha it's there's still time, you can go and see it. But okay. it's, it's about um, women at NASA who worked on in the early days of the space program. 
with before we had computers and the ability to program computers, mathematics had to be done by hand. And it could be tedious to do these long calculations, et cetera, et cetera. So guess who got to do it? Women. They hired women to do the tedious math calculations. Then when they brought in computers, the first programmers of the computers were women. The computer science field was, was at least 50-50 early on. Then when computer science got brought under the umbrella of engineering, the numbers of women in computer science plummeted. Now, did computer science change? It did not. That means there's something external. There's some external thing being imposed. So that's why I say mm -hmm. it's our historical view of who makes a good fill in the blank. Exactly. And I remember from Hidden Figures too, like those women were integral in the early days of NASA, but for the longest yeah. time, they weren't recognized. They were not recognized. They were not recognized. And, and we, wouldn't, we, we wouldn't have been able to land on the moon. We wouldn't have been able to orbit the earth without the women that did the bulk of the work to make it happen. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and thank our sponsor of our show, Ultra Roofing. Ultra Roofing is a family-run roofing business serving the Triangle and surrounding areas with groups of more than 15 years of experience. While making the business profitable is the end goal, it often isn't the financial reward that sticks with us. Instead, it is the opportunity to share our life, passion, and success with those that we love and trust. That's right. We take pride in the roofs we install because our name and reputation are at stake. We Got You Covered is more than just a slogan. It's our mantra. We treat every roof we install with care like it's a family member. We don't take shortcuts and we don't use lesser quality materials. What you say about us matters and we don't take any job for granted. When you work with Ultra Roofing, you won't be disappointed with the end result. Visit ultraroofing.net today or call 800-977-3110. That's 800-977-3110. Now let's get back to the show. Um, I just want to change perspectives now and, and think about this through here at the Barry Business Bureau. We, we talk a lot about businesses, obviously. It's in our name. <laughs> so from... A business's perspective, why should a business be trying to, to diversify their workforce or become more inclusive? So there are there is actually a multiplicity of reasons for that. Um, there was actually a study done out of uh, the College of Management at NC State a few years ago that said that businesses that are more diverse make more money. Mm, all right. That's pretty cut and dry right there. But I like to say, we are, we are solving harder and harder problems. The easy ones are getting solved, right? Yeah, because we, they're easy. We, right, right. I mean, it, and if you don't believe that, just look at the last two years. Mm -hmm. We had a global pandemic. Who would have thought that that would affect our ability to purchase toilet paper? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, right? But we found out 
that we have problems in supply chain, we have problems, and those problems were there all along. Right. But we didn't find them out until the system was stressed. Right. Yeah. So um, I like to say problems are not solved by the same types of minds that created them. Mm. So if we have a status quo, if we have a way of doing business, and then we find that we have new and more complicated problems that we have to solve, the more diverse the minds are that we can get together to solve those problems, the better, the more robust, the more forward-thinking solutions we're going to get. And that right there is why businesses, yeah, that's why businesses need to become more diverse. Yeah. Now, do you know of any maybe examples of businesses putting initiatives in place to hire more female STEM professionals? Oh, absolutely. Um, and we get we get contacted. At, so at NC State, well, I'm sorry, just to brag for a minute. Um, yeah, go ahead. At, at, at NC State College of Engineering, we're actually really well known in, in industry and government and, and business for putting out really good students. I mean, NC State University writ large, right? But College of Engineering, certainly. Yeah. So, which is not to say that I don't love UNC Chapel Hill, but I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they partner with us on our biomedical engineering degree. So I really can't, oh. I really can't cast aspersions in that direction, can I? Um, but we have, we have companies come to us all the time asking, we need more women. We need more uh, people from underrepresented groups of all types. Let us talk to your uh, tell your female students. Let us talk to your minority students, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, we're happy to oblige because that's a that's a win win right. for our students. Um, but here's the thing: if you are only pushing to try to hire more women, then you're not going to solve your problem okay. because they're not going to stay. It's the pipeline versus the garden analogy again. Yeah, right. The pipeline says just stuff more in and more will come out. But that's not because it's not a pipeline. If you stuff more in, more will leave. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, it's not just hiring, it's retaining and helping them grow, right? It's it's retaining them and helping them grow, but also changing your own climate, your own environment to allow for more personal growth. And by the way, notice that this benefits everybody at your company. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't have a series of people leaving in the great resignation due to COVID because you have a growth climate for everyone. Exactly. So good. Mm-hmm. All these no. things are interrelated. Sorry. No, no, no you're, I you're love good. It. Yeah. If you were a professor, I would love to sit down and hear you just give lectures. You can come take my classes. I'm teaching graduate classes in engineering education. Come oh on. My God. <laughs> I just want to be like, oh. Uh, hopefully NC State will take me back then, you know? <laughs> Coming back for more. But um, I, I, I know I, I want to get a little bit more optimistic now that we're getting towards the end of things. So where do you see the landscape for women engineers changing in maybe, like, let's say the next 10 or mm-hmm. 20 years? Mm-hmm. So the, the landscape is going to, to change uh, for women and, and whether slow or quick, uh, it will change slower, slowly or quickly, 
-hmm. I guess I should not be a stereotypical engineer and speak correct English. Um, <laughs> hey, I guess I should be the comm major here and, uh, and, and know which one to use, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I needed your help there. Come on. Sorry. So, so I, I am positive about this. I do mm -hmm. think things are going to change. So it, and, and it, it can be a little bit of a chicken and an egg problem. And so I don't think businesses should get discouraged, right? So if, if, you, if all you can do is just try to hire more women, if that's all you can do, then do that. But then make it possible for them to help, to help you change your climate. Yes. Right? Make a feedback system. You hire more women, they come in, they change the climate in, in conjunction with everyone, make it better for everyone. And then you won't have to go out searching because you will be a naturally attractive place for a diverse mm -hmm. group of folks. Oh, good. Dr. Laura, I wish you would open a, a blog or start writing something because <laughs> everything that just comes out of your, your brain is just gold. Oh, bless your heart. Thank you. Can <laughs> you talk? It. Can you call my mom for me? <laughs> we can talk baseball. Yeah. <laughs> no, you could. That's true. <laughs> no, I, I truly love it. But for, you know, our listeners who want to find out more um, about your future blog that you will write very soon. <laughs> no, but about you and the Women in Engineering program, how can they do so? So we do have a... a Women, Minorities, and Engineering website at NC State. It's if you just Google NCSUWMEP, it will come up. Okay. Um, and then I, I have some things that I've written. Uh, you can also find my Super Bowl commercial that I did if you Google me. Oh, I, <laughs> <laughs> I did a Super Bowl commercial. I'm Whoa. just saying, me and Peyton Manning. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But um, that's awesome. Yeah, incredibly. Oh, a Super Bowl commercial. Obviously, I, I have to do something cool like you do, but <laughs> you have to be in the right day. place at the right time. That's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's super awesome. And I mean, I'm going to encourage our listeners here, go and check you out because yeah. it seems like you're really doing something important and have a lot to say. So please go check out more from Dr. Bottomley and Dr. Bottomley, just thank you so much. This was great having you. Thank you all. It, it means a lot that that someone like y'all's podcast would dedicate their time to, to talking about this issue. And I appreciate it. I mean, we, we're just always wanting to learn. And yes. I'm sure our listeners out there want to learn too. So thank you. Good. Thank you. It's so nice to meet both of you. Oh, yeah, nice likewise. to meet you too. I, I mean, I'm really close to NC State still. So maybe I'll see you around sometime. You're invited anytime. All right. Oh. Now, since this episode is the first one of the if the first one of the month, right? That means that it's time for our scam of the month. So last month we spoke about tax filing scams, but another tax scam that you need to be in the lookout for it's tax identity theft. So this occurs when a scammer uses your social security number to file a tax return in your name and collects your refund. Come on, guys. We all know we want that money. So it can be also um, someone using your information maybe to get a job or 
sometimes even to take out a car or a loan, it can be used for multiple things. So consumers don't usually realize um, they have been victims to tax identity um, theft until they get a written notice from the IRS saying, hey, what's going on? Um, basically saying that the more, um, that more than one tax return was filed or something is going on with your account or they were paid by an employee um, that they don't know of. Now, typically the best way to avoid any kind of identity theft is to file your taxes as early as possible. So I know we're getting close to that deadline. Um, mm -hmm. Hopefully you guys have filed yours already by now because the closer you get to that deadline, um, typically is the more you're gonna be risking falling to a identity theft scam. So BB really, so BBB really recommends that you file quickly before a scammer has the chance to use your information to file a fake return. Right, so tip number two is jot down your identity protection PIN um, from the IRS before you file your return. So this is a six digit number which in addition to your social security number, confirms your identity. So it is extremely important to note that you cannot opt out once you get an IP uh, PIN. So since you apply, you must provide the IP PIN each year when you file your federal tax returns. The IRS will provide your IP PIN online and then send you a new IP PIN each December by postal mail. Keep that in mind, by postal mail, not by text message, not by a phone call, by postal mail. Yeah, and on the topic of the IRS, you also should keep in mind that the IRS actually does not initiate contact with taxpayers by email, text message, or social media to request personal information or financial information. As Louis said, they may send you physical mail for things that you've requested, but never, but they'll never send you anything that you haven't requested. So this includes requests for PIN numbers, passwords, or similar access information for credit cards, banks, or other financial accounts. That's right. So tip number four, only deal with trustworthy tax preparation services. Now, for many people, major life changes, business ownerships, or simply a lack of knowledge about the ever-changing tax laws makes finding a trustworthy uh, tax preparer a good idea. So we definitely here at the Better Business Bureau recommend for you to do that. That being said, not all tax preparers have the same level of experience and training. Keep that in mind. Yeah, and another good thing to do is always check out these websites carefully and make sure that if you're trying to find the IRS that you're accessing the real IRS site. Phony websites, imitators are all over the place. So always be sure, double check, triple check that you are on the website of the organization that you're meaning to contact, especially when you're filing your taxes electronically or inquiring for additional information. You don't want your information, especially these kinds of things that will be included with your taxes falling into the wrong hands. Right. Now, lastly, we have the I think one of the best pieces to give you guys, our listeners, if you are a victim of tax identity theft here in the United States, please, please contact IRS. 
as soon as possible. That number is 1-800-908-4490. Once again, 1-800-908-4490. Yeah, that's a number I hope I never have to use, but it's a great resource <laughs> in case you have to. Most definitely. <laughs> Well, guys, that is all we have on the show for you today. Thank you so much for tuning into the Brunch with BBB. As always, go hit us up on social media at BBB Eastern NC. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube even. And Luis, <laughs> my guy, it's always a pleasure. And oh. to our viewers, we'll see you guys next time. Later, amigos. <laughs> <laughs>